0: Welcome in on an absolutely beautiful Friday morning. This is the kind of day I've been waiting for for a long time. We've got 80 degrees. The sun's going to be out. Rain washed the pollen away, so at least for a day I'm not going to be miserable outside. What a day, and I'm glad that you are with me. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mike in the Morning. I'm Michael Borky. Uh, A lot to get to today. So Elijah Moore shined in his pro day yesterday. We're going to get to that. Uh, Mississippi State won their NIT game last night and made the NIT final four. And this is exactly why when they accepted their bid to the NIT, I know there were some fans that thought that they shouldn't play and the women's team didn't play. This is why you play in the NIT. This right here is why you play in the NIT. And, uh, we'll get to that. There's also a a new story uh, out of LSU that the FBI is still investigating Will Wade, um, I'll give you the details. I don't like this. It doesn't sit right with me, and I'll explain why coming up later. And, of course, the baseball weekend. You have a doubleheader in Tuscaloosa today with Ole Miss and Alabama. Rain and storms yesterday pushed last night's game up to today. Mississippi State-Arkansas, the highly anticipated series going on in Starkville this weekend. And Southern Miss is four games with Louisiana Tech in what should be an incredible, incredible atmosphere. All that to get to coming up. But first, real quick, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search that name right there, Michael Borky. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and ring the notification bell. It's free to you. Uh, Follow me on all social channels, just Michael Borky. You can find me there. Facebook, Twitter is the best place to find it. And if you're watching on stream, this does get uploaded in podcast form as well as the Sunday show, so you get a little extra. Uh, The Sunday show is also put on here commercial-free. Mike in the Morning and iTunes... Michael Borky and Spotify. I still can't figure out why it's separate, but it's the same feed, I promise. Mike in the morning in iTunes, Michael Borky in Spotify, and subscribe and leave a rating and a review. So let's get started. I don't have a whole lot of time this morning, so let's just dive right in. Elijah Moore had his pro day yesterday, and um, a lot of people in NFL circles were paying attention to this day in particular uh, because He shined in the SEC, obviously. I mean, you guys know that. He broke records in eight games at Ole Miss, the same Ole Miss that Dante Moncrief played for, that A.J. Brown played for, that Laquan Treadwell played for. Uh, You guys know the pedigree that wide receiver has been at Ole Miss. It's a really good one. He broke records in eight games. But NFL scouts wanted to see him in person and, and just wanted to get measurables. Uh, because there are a lot of guys that are really productive in college that just for whatever reason aren't guys that they draft early or draft at all I mean you've seen it before you've seen it again so this was an important day for Elijah Moore because of the size and the measurables Um, he measured in at 5'9 which is good for him by the way Um, but they wanted to see if while being a small receiver, he was as explosive. If he was as sharp of a route runner, if he was as quick, uh, as he looked on film. And so yesterday was a big day for him. If there were any teams that, that were doubting his ability, he could prove them wrong. And he did just that. So here are the numbers. Uh, he did 17 reps on the bench, which was more than his tight end Kenny Oboa that worked out until, uh, he hurt his hamstring yesterday. Uh, a 36-inch vertical, he jumped over 10 feet on the broad jump, ran a 4 3 two, 40 a 4-3-2-40. Um, did a four-second 20-yard shuttle, did a 6-6-5 six, six, in the three-cone, which is just really, really good. And he shined yesterday. There were multiple people that covered the NFL that said scouts there uh, said um, that he's better than Rondell Moore, uh, that he was putting on a show, that kind of stuff. Um he made money yesterday and you saw or you may have seen you know the video of him after his workout um walking over to what i presume is his parents uh, definitely think it was mom and just giving her one of those big hugs where like he had like a sigh of relief you know just worked so hard to get to that point clearly had a very good workout yesterday and they had that moment where he realized i did it you know i I I am going to be an NFL wide receiver, possibly a first-round pick, and I proved it today. That was a pretty cool moment. But it's the story that I'm most attracted to with this. And we talked about it some on the radio show yesterday, so forgive me if it sounds repetitive. But, I mean, think back to the conversation that everybody was having around the 2019 Egg Bowl, where he catches the touchdown pass he gets the unsportsmanlike conduct backs up his bad field goal kicker to I think it was a 35 yard extra point he misses it Ole Miss loses the game um, he was getting killed nationally I mean he was getting killed locally uh, I mean we spent like a week talking about it on our show and and he was getting ripped because he he deserved it uh, nationally everybody knew who Elijah Moore was not because of his play but because of what he did, he was the laughing stock, the laughing stock of college football for like a week. And then his coach gets fired. And while there's, of course, more to it than that, I mean, the program was a fluttering mess, fans weren't engaged. There was more to that decision from Keith Carter than just, well, the wide receiver did the fake pee in the end zone celebration. But there's a correlation there between how that game was lost. And his coach getting fired. So here he is, wasn't getting used in the offense correctly anyway, um, is the national laughing stock of college football. That's what he was. Everybody was making fun of him. I mean, pictures and memes and stuff everywhere. If he was on the internet, he saw himself making what is probably the biggest mistake of his life so far. Um, he was the laughing stock of college football. He got his coach fired. He could have. Um, he could have transferred. Um, he could have let that really affect him. And I mean, you can assume that he probably really liked Matt Luke. He wasn't being used correctly in that offense. In fact, it's it's unbelievable that they. Anyway, we've had that conversation too much. I don't want to have it again. Ole Miss offensively under Matt Luke was an embarrassment. But um, he could have transferred. He could have uh, hit away and let that define him and you know maybe stopped working hard and just kind of let that be it for him, let that be his story. Instead, he stuck it out in the place where his action directly led to his school losing their most important game of the season. His action led to his coach that, again, presumably he liked because everybody likes Matt Luke, uh, led to his coach getting fired And he turned that into a record-breaking season where he's poised to get a life-changing payday. Uh, That kind of story is why I I love sports and why a lot of us love sports, because it allows you to redeem yourself. He was the laughing, like I said, the laughing stock of college football. Everybody was making fun of him. Everybody knew who he was because he did the fake peace celebration and it cost his team a game. And one year later, he became absolutely uncoverable in the SEC. I mean, I pointed out yesterday, JC Horn from South Carolina is getting first round grades. There are people that think the Saints are going to draft JC Horn in the first round. I, w- I would love that pick. I think they need a linebacker first, but I mean, JC Horn's a really good player. JC Horn, as a corner, beat Auburn by himself, if you remember that game. Elite level corner. And couldn't cover Elijah Moore. Alabama, the national championship-winning Alabama, could not cover uh, Elijah Moore. He became the the from the goat in the bad way to the goat, and at least in Ole Miss, in my opinion, wide receiver in one year. It's a great story, and this is the kind of the stuff that I. This is why I love sports. A guy made a brutal mistake. And I think even at the time I tweeted something like that was one of the more selfish things you can do on a football field, cost his team the game. And a year later, he became uncoverable in the SEC, and he's poised to a a huge payday. I can't help but root for stories like this and guys like this. He made a mistake, worst mistake of his life. It caused a ripple effect that's really hard to fathom. And in a twisted way, when you think about it, his mistake led to... Uh, the best thing that's happened to his career, which was getting Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy and keeping Matt Corral around. If Matt Luke is still the coach, he doesn't break records at Ole Miss, and Matt Corral's not throwing him the football. So in a weird, twisted way, it really worked out for him, but I just I admire the story. He made a huge mistake, cost his team a game, cost his coach's his job, basically, and he turned it into a life-changing payday a record breaking season and everybody knowing his name because of his play and not because of his penalty. That's a cool story. I, I, I root for stuff like this. This is the kind of stuff that sports does for us and I love it. And so I, I was really happy for Elijah Moore yesterday. I mean, his numbers were unbelievable. He could slip into the first round um even if he he doesn't get drafted in the first round, which I think would be a massive mistake. I mean, you've got a guy with that kind of speed, but that, that kind of route running ability, you've seen in, in recent history that smaller receivers size-wise can be really good NFL players. His Everything is there. He doesn't drop the football. He runs good routes. He's a burner, good dude. Not drafting him would be crazy. But he's headed towards a life-changing payday, and good for him. I can't help but root for stuff like that. Um, so, really good day for him yesterday. And I don't think you can replace that. I mean, that, that's that's the next step here. Is, I've talked to you about this before. That was the big question for Ole Miss going into spring as well. Who replaces Elijah Moore? And um, I saw there were some practice observations uh, that were put out yesterday and i am not going to say uh you, you know content's good and con- the content business is hard sometimes especially around spring practice so i'm not making fun i, I just I, I think that this is um i just think this is different um or i just i disagree with this there was a practice observation yesterday that um said an Ole Miss wide receiver that hadn't really played much uh, moves as good as any wide out Ole Miss has ever had. Um, and maybe this player ends up being being great, and, and I can't tell you the number of times I've been asked or seen people say that, oh, this guy can replace Elijah Moore or Jacor Pearson, the transfer from Western Kentucky. He looks just like Elijah. You don't have... Four, three, two, on that team. I, I just I don't think that you do, and that's okay. I, everybody's uh, not everybody, but that people are so obsessed with, well, who's going to be the next Elijah Moore, and they get lost in that concept, and they don't realize that you you can't. There isn't another one. That saying that this guy, this wide receiver that's barely cracked the rotation, that's barely played, is just as good as. This guy that's going to be a first-round pick who lit up the SEC, who just ran a 4-3-2, who doesn't drop the football, who runs crisp routes, I just – I don't like that. It's setting up the guys behind him for failure because if you don't have a wide receiver this dominant, you're going to think, well, what what the hell happened? Why isn't he as good as a guy that's going to go in the first round in the NFL draft? I've never liked that. And, I mean, we've talked about this before – I'm being repetitive on this, but who's going to replace Elijah Moore? Nobody. There isn't a guy on that team that's the same as him, and that's okay. That doesn't mean they don't have talented guys, but when you say stuff like that, you are really underselling just how special this kid was. That's all. That's why I don't like stuff like that, because you're underselling how special he is. Elsewhere in sports yesterday, Mississippi State got a win in the NIT last night. And this is exactly why I said it at the beginning of this. This is exactly why you play in the NIT. There's no downside. There's no downside at all. I mean, yes, it's not the NCAA tournament. I get it. You know, people don't really care, but the, the Mississippi State fans that I interact with were engaged with that game last night. They were pumped up at the outcome. And now going into next season, there's a little bit of something. You know what I mean? If they'd have lost in the first round, like Old Miss, ah, whatever, fans would have dismissed it. There's no, you don't lose here. If they'd have lost in the first round, nobody would have cared. Ah, whatever. I mean, it was just a bad year. Doesn't matter. It's the NIT. Who cares? But now they've won a couple of games. This young core, even though one didn't play last night, is looking. More and more like a group that should take you to the tournament next year. You're still playing basketball, and suddenly your fans are like, hey, this is pretty good. And now your team's got a little bit of momentum going into next year. Th- there was no downside. This is why you play. They beat Richmond last night. They're going to the NIT Final Four. We don't get the dream matchup between Mississippi State and Rick Stansbury. Uh, Louisiana Tech beat uh, old Rick last night, so it's going to be Mississippi State and Louisiana Tech on Saturday, I think, right? I think it's Saturday. Um, either way, that game last night and the way I saw fans reacting to that game is exactly why you play in the NIT. Because I, I did see some people, we had some people tell us, oh, they should say no because the NIT's is stupid. And, no, mm-mm. If you can play in the NIT, you play in the NIT because if you win a couple of games, suddenly your fans are interested. You're playing meaningful basketball, your young core, even though it's not the NCAA tournament, these guys are playing in a tournament setting. There's no losing here. And now you've got people re engaged at least a little bit in a program that didn't really have any momentum or anybody really caring about it. So, good win, um, a little bit of momentum for for Mississippi State hoops this is why you play in the NIT and um I think this shows why the women's team Saturday at two thank you S- same as the baseball game well shoot nobody's going to be watching the NIT now <laughs> oh man that stinks thank you Zach for uh for chiming in and letting me know yeah that stinks man because I I don't know about you Zach I Everybody that I interact with on my feed last night that are Mississippi State people were locked in last night. They were locked in and watching and complaining heavily about the color of the basketball. It was was fun. Meaningful basketball is a lot of fun. And um, so there's no downside. But that underscores why uh, the women's team saying no. And the story is it's just not up to the championship standard. Um, there's talk that they wouldn't have been able to field a team if they said yes. That it wasn't a, oh, we're better than that thing because Kentucky and North Carolina have played in the NIT recently. So if they're not too good for it, you're not either. Um, th- that's just that's just word out there. I, it's not verified. That's just what I've heard. Um, but if that is not true and they just said no because it's not a championship standard, This shows you how much of a mistake that was. I don't buy it. I I think that there's more to it than just the standard. Um, But the men's team doing what they're doing right now shows that they should have played. So we'll see Saturday. Sadly, I'll be watching baseball instead instead of the NIT. Oh, if only those could be staggered a little bit. Oh, well. All right, and before I get to baseball, I wanted to bring this up. This is something that I, I've just not understood uh, at all. And I asked a question on, on the radio yesterday, and it, listeners like answered the question, and none of it was adequate to me uh, at all. So um, Pat Forty yesterday broke the news in Sports Illustrated that the FBI, not the NCAA, the FBI – uh, recently visited Baton Rouge as they are still investigating Will Wade and LSU. Here's what he said. Although there have been no public developments for some time, the federal investigation of LSU men's basketball and Will Wade remains active, multiple sources told him this week. FBI agents have been in Baton Rouge recently, sources said, continuing an investigation that dates back several years. Um, he, he mentions that the Southern District of New York, uh, Probe College Basketball. That was, my goodness, it was 40 years ago. That was in September of 2017. Uh, LSU and Will Wade were publicly implicated a few months later. A transcript of the wiretap came out. Then we got to hear it all. Um, In March of 2019, he says Yahoo Sports reported the contents of another wiretap conversation between Will Wade and Christian Dawkins, uh, who went to jail, and which way discussed his, quote, the famous line, strong-ass offer for guard Javante Smart, who played in the NCAA tournament for him this year. And then back in March of last year, that aired in the documentary, and you could hear it yourself. The NCAA is still uh, actively investigating LSU. I missed this report somehow in August of 2020 uh, that... ESPN obtained a document from NCAA enforcement staff asserting that Will Wade arranged for and offered or provided impermissible benefits, including cash payments, to at least 11 men's basketball prospective student-athletes, their family members, or individuals associated with those prospects. I don't remember that story happening. I don't remember reading that. But apparently, the NCAA's got a document that says that he arranged payments or paid 11 players or their representatives. So that's good, right? I mean, I I talk about this a good bit. I think that the NCAA is actually going to do something to Will Wade this time. I think it's coming. They just take forever. I think this is going to happen. My question is, while that's good and appropriate, that's the NCAA's jurisdiction. He broke their rules. He should be punished because he himself was talking about the offers on a recorded conversation that you can hear if you just Google it. But the the question I've always had in this, and that has never been answered adequately to me, is why the FBI is using time and resources and taxpayer money to arrest people involved in basketball recruiting. I mean, multiple guys have already gone to jail, and it wasn't tax evasion because that would have been the players and their families anyway. Um, They even painted the schools as victims in this deal. And if if Will Wade is being investigated for very similar things. I I can't figure out what the crime is and why the feds are investigating this. I mean, as far as we know, and there may be worse, but the other people that went to jail, all they did was give money to people for being good at basketball. Like that is their that's their crime. OK, that's their crime. So if this is the same thing, it feels like a massive waste of time to me. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of resources. I, I don't understand it. And I had a listener say yesterday, well, the law is the law. It's white collar crime. But if Will Wade wanted to give me money. What's the crime here? Bribery? I mean, is that really what we're going to call it? It's recruiting. You think that Will Wade was the only one that was facilitating payments to high level recruits? Maybe he was dumber about it, but this is what recruiting is. I mean, are we really calling this bribery or uh, wire fraud and stuff like that? It just, if he is like the other guys that went to jail, his worst crime. Is giving money to people for being good at sports? I mean, I I can't wrap my mind around wanting that guy to go to prison for that. I mean, it's a talk. It's a fun thing to joke about. I like to joke about it all the time. The strong ass offer thing is hilarious, and it's against NCAA rules, and he should be punished harshly by the NCAA. But go to prison for giving Javante Smart money? I mean. I, I don't understand that side of this. I have never understood why the FBI was involved in arresting people and taking them to prison for giving money to people for being good at sports. I, I've, I've just not wrapped my mind around it. I, I can't understand it. It feels like a massive waste of resources to me. There are real crimes going on that actually have victims. I mean, is Javante Smart a victim? Got a bunch of money to play at LSU. Oh, poor him. I mean, who's the victim here? The schools? That's what they tried to argue in court and did so successfully, apparently. Yeah, LSU's a real victim here. Has a basketball program that's going to the NCAA tournament, making a bunch of money. Oh, poor them. I don't understand it. I don't understand that at all. So it's good to know that the NCAA's involved, and they have documentation that is probably pretty damning. But I cannot wrap my mind around the FBI if that is Will Wade's only crime, like the other guys. I mean, just seems like a waste of resources to me. There are other things, worse things that go on that we could probably use our our resources and investigative power on. But, uh, but that's just me. Finally, baseball. This weekend, huge weekend in baseball. I saved it for last because I mean Ole Miss starts here in a few hours and um it would just expire quickly. And you guys have probably previewed the Arkansas series enough by now. Um, but big one in Starkville. Uh John Cohen was on our radio show yesterday. He um The crowds aren't going to be as big as they possibly can be, but they're going to be really significant. So they are not just going wide open, like 14,000, 15,000 people come on in, but it'll be a significant number. You'll have five figures worth of crowds at all three games this weekend, and that's great. I'm so glad that this is able to happen for a series like this because a series like this deserves a crowd like the one they're going to get all three games, and also – Shout out to Chris Lamonis for very quickly recognizing um, that Fristo, Jackson Fristo, belonged in the rotation. It took him one week, and I'm glad he did it because Fristo belonged in the rotation. He proved it. And one game in Baton Rouge where he came out of the pen and still looked really good, that was the right call. Um, it's really good sometimes when you realize your coach isn't very stubborn. And he gave it a shot, it didn't work, and the guy that earned the job is getting the job this week. So uh, we'll see what uh, Mississippi State should look like now moving forward with your Friday, Saturday, and Sunday pitchers. We finally get a real look at, uh, at this permanent rotation, which is really good, really talented, really effective, lacking in experience some. Um, this is a big weekend for them. I mean, I know they performed well in Baton Rouge last week, and Mississippi State across the board, their entire pitching staff, has just been unbelievable this season. Uh, but it was only still at, at capped at 50% capacity. This is, uh, of course, is at home, which helps, but uh, pressure's on now in a good way. I mean, you, you are going to feel why you signed to play for Mississippi State this weekend. You're, you're going to feel it now because uh, they didn't get this experience last year. And, yes, it was on the road last week, but it's not going to be 10,000, 11,000 people. I can't wait uh, for this series, and I hope Mississippi State beats Arkansas into the ground. I told you guys this on Monday. There is something about the way Arkansas fans and media have acted through this whole deal. With uh, I mean, they're just fun sponges. They soak up all the fun. Baseball is supposed to be fun, and it just gets them so angry when another team bat flips or whatever. It's insane. Those people need to be humbled. And uh, I hope that happens this weekend. Cannot wait to watch this series. Uh, cannot wait to see the crowds. And uh, we'll see if uh, Mississippi State rises to the occasion. They've got to hit the baseball better. Uh, or they're going to have to win a bunch of games. One to nothing this weekend. Um, we will see. Ole Miss has a doubleheader today because of dumb rules. Uh, game got canceled yesterday. So instead of just moving the series to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they have to do a doubleheader today. Um, they're at full strength as well, uh, with all due respect to Cale Baker. I think the lineup that they've got right now is the one that should be their everyday lineup with McCanson center. Now that Chatenay's back and then they're at full strength on the mound too. So getting healthy at the right time, um, Doug Nikhazy going to pitch today and Max is available. So they're at full strength on the pitching staff. Now their lineup is set. So Ole Miss has an opportunity now. Um, to start the SEC uh, schedule five and one if they get a series win this weekend which would be you know spoiler alert more at 11 starting SEC play five and one would be a huge step forward in hosting a regional this is why you guys pay for my analysis um but we'll see i mean the casey was not great uh, earlier this season maybe in part because of that injury but now you get to see if they're at, uh, at full strength and um, really at full strength, not just with the bodies, but with the bodies being effective. Um, but that was a big loss uh, for, for Ole Miss, obviously, and getting him back and getting Trophy back, is, as David Kellum said uh, on the radio last week. Um, that's like getting a full game's worth of innings back on your weekend. I never thought about it like that, but uh, shout out to DK for the, for the perspective. Never thought about it like that. So, And then, of course, Southern Miss. With four games against Louisiana Tech, if Southern Miss finds a way to win three this weekend in what should be incredible atmospheres, um, they're going to be ranked. They've won 9 of 10. So if they're able to get three this weekend, 12 of 14, with three wins over ranked Louisiana Tech, and in some cases Alabama is, uh, depending on where you look, Southern Miss gets three this weekend, they're going to be a ranked team. So, if they can pull that off, you'll have three teams in the state of Mississippi ranked, two of which in the top five. You love to see when the, the care of baseball in this state turns into production, for sure. So, huge weekend coming up. Uh, the NCAA tournament's back. I've barely talked about that just because of all this other stuff that's going on. So, you got the NCAA tournament this weekend. You've got these baseball series this weekend. The NIT going on at the same time as the Arkansas game. So, I don't know how much of you are going to watch that, uh, but a huge, Sports weekend and the match play in Austin because I know you guys really care about that (laughs) is uh, is also uh, this weekend. So huge weekend for sports and uh, can't wait to talk about that with you on Sunday. And then, of course, on this stream and on the radio show, I'm everywhere. So y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Try to consume it all. Good luck. It's going to be impossible to do, but uh, try to consume it all and uh, enjoy it. And I'll be with you on Sunday morning and Monday morning talking about it so enjoy your weekend get behind the grill i plan on doing that tomorrow you guys do the same and um i'll talk to you then y'all have a good weekend